just the penalties, overall penalties, is the only thing that I'm down on. Everything else, effort and everything else is great. Welcome in to a few extra bucks, your Buccaneer podcast here on PeterPyrus.com. And we hate to dwell on the negative off the bat. Bruce Arians, boy, he had a beef there, and who could blame him? 14 penalties for the Buccos for 112 yards. That was a big negative, but lots and lots of positives coming from that first preseason game. I'm going to bring in producer Justin Thomas. JT, how are you, my friend? Doing really good. Glad football's right around the corner. Yeah, we can we can definitely smell. We're getting some practice football. But Roy Cummings, uh, uh, your initial thoughts of preseason game number one. I know you were at practice on Sunday. Uh, what stood out for you of uh, the Bucks against the Steelers? I thought several things stood out. Uh, you know, to 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 kind of put it in a in a small little capsule. If you've been out to training camp or followed what's going on at training camp, you basically saw the same thing happen uh, in the game. Uh, the first team offense, I thought, looked very sharp. Uh, the first team defense, I thought, looked very sharp. Um, some of the young guys that uh, have shown up a lot in camp look good. Some of the young guys that have struggled a bit in camp um, struggled in this game. Uh, the kicker, Matt Gay, obviously with a 55-yarder, uh, continued to, uh, you know, kind of support the decision to uh, justify the decision to pick him in the fifth round. I like that a lot. Um, so I, I saw a lot of good things. Uh, saw a few things that concern you, but basically, if anyone is been out to camp uh, and seen what the Bucks look like there or read about it or heard about it from us here at uh, pewterpirates.com and on the uh, the podcast, well, it was more of the same really uh, throughout that game. And uh, unfortunately, they didn't, they, they didn't win. But I'll tell you one thing, they got a tough decision coming about what to do with Ryan Griffin. I'll tell you that going forward. Yeah, Ryan Griffin, we've talked about in this podcast. It's amazing to me because I covered him in New Orleans before covering him here with the Bucks, And the guy has never played a regular season game, but he's been the heir apparent for coming up on almost a decade now. I mean, he was the heir apparent, you know, the guy from Tulane that was coming into camp to kind of learn under Drew Brees. And then it was pretty clear that he wasn't going to get the reps there. Then he gets traded to the Bucks and has gone, you know, sees Jameis Winston get drafted, but then sees Brian Fitzpatrick in front of him and Blaine Gabbard. So I know uh, Bruce Arians has said great things about Ryan Griffin, so that's definitely going to be something to watch, especially when you have these second halves of these preseason games where you just want to run and clock and let's get this thing over with. I think that'll be one of the intriguing things to watch out for. But let's talk about, you know, we're going to have a one-on-one with Peyton Barber coming up. I want to mention that. We're going to release our, our weekly video wrap and Peyton Barber is our, our key guy. And, and if, if you log on to PeterPirus.com, folks, we do this every week, and we've really spotlighted the key guys in camp. We've had a one-on-one with Vernon Hargraves. We've had a one-on-one with Rojo, Ronald Jones, and a one-on-one with Vita Vea before he got hurt. And obviously that's a big plot. So between those three guys, Roy, and now Peyton Barber, we've touched on some big names in this camp. But let's go back to the beginning of the game. You know, I mentioned the penalties, and that's something the Arians didn't like. But he really liked that opening drive, a 12-play, 81-yard drive. Jameis Winston, 5-6, of six, including a 9-yard touchdown pass to Chris Godwin. Before we get your thoughts, here's what Bruce Arians had to say about Jameis Winston's really one-and-done drive against the Steelers. It was a perfect drive. You know, I, I mean, we ran the ball well. Um, I thought we ran the ball good all night till the, till the, the young guys got out there. Uh, but that sets up a lot of stuff for us. I thought Jameis took what was there. You know, we took our shot down the field to Brent, didn't hit it. I mean, to Brashard, and um, and so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna continue to mix and match. And yeah, we'll get to Peyton Barber in a little bit, but but he was part of that. I mean, that's the kind of balance that Jameis Winston needs to be successful, Roy. Yeah, it was a nice balanced uh, attack for sure, and that's because the running game was working. Um, 
you know, look, James had a lot to do with that. He escapes uh, from the pocket uh, on a rush there and, and did a great job with that, by the way. Um, you don't necessarily want to see your quarterback doing that in the preseason, but, I mean, it's just an example of what a weapon he can be with his legs. And, uh, look, this is, an, I, this is an example of what you can get if the Bucks get a little bit of a running game going uh, because they were allowed to be balanced, and I think that was the key to, as uh, Coach Arian said right there, Jameis Winston, you know, getting the ball out quick and, and hitting the right spots, making the right uh, throws. Um, didn't hit the one to Perryman, but that's all right because you end up with, you know, with a touchdown anyway. That's all that matters. Um, and I really liked it. I, I thought Jameis Winston did a tremendous job uh, making great decisions all throughout that, uh, that drive. Uh, it was very good. It was, it was a really good drive to build some confidence uh, for this offense. Not that it needs a lot of confidence, but, hey, anytime you're, you're starting over again, uh, you want to start off strong, and they certainly did. Well, let's talk about the running game. We're going to hear Peyton Barber's thoughts on Ronald Jones and on the fact that the Bucs uh, believed in this backfield in the offseason. They could have gone out and gotten a veteran back. I know they have Andre Ellington, but maybe a higher priced or, or back or maybe drafted it back. We'll get his thoughts on both of those. But let's go to Ronald Jones. I mean, this is such a key guy in this football team. We had him one-on-one a few weeks ago. But if he can deliver, it'll take the pressure off Peyton Barber. It'll add different dimensions to this offense. It'll help Jameis Winston. He's such a key guy in so many ways. Bruce Arians, uh, this is his first taste of Ronald Jones. I know he's seen film from last year, but he's uh, really happy with him. And here were, here were his thoughts on Ronald Jones after the game in Pittsburgh. It hasn't surprised me because he's been doing it every single day. And to get out there in a game, yeah, it was good. And, and again, you know, it's, we put the twos out there. He had a good couple of runs, and it was like, get him out, you know. Um, he's, on, he's on schedule to, to do exactly what we want. That's good stuff from Ronald Jones. I want to temper it a little bit. It's only one preseason game, but I think it's even bigger for Ronald Jones, Roy, because he needs some positivity early on in this preseason, maybe more than anybody on this football team. He needs some plays where he gets his head right because, you know, like Jameis Winston, he has it in him. He just needs the confidence right now. He just needs some success. And, you know, he got a little taste of that. Uh, and, and look, let's before we get too excited about <laughs> How this first team Bucks offense look? Let me uh, let me throw in the uh, the qualifier here. Uh, the Steelers had only three of their regular their projected starters uh, on defense in the lineup for that first series. Buzzkill, uh, buzzkill, so, oh buzzkill. Well, no, 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 no. Just, just, just keep it. No, I'm agreeing with you. I'm um, agreeing with you. Yeah. But, but, but you're right. But I mean, but here's the thing. And one of them was rookie Devin Bush. Now, look, that's what the Steelers threw out there. You play against what they throw out there, and in this case, the Bucks uh, did a great job. And I, you know, obviously of of, of picking that little defense apart and uh, and beating it up a little bit. What I liked about Ronald Jones is his first two runs of the night are runs up the middle. Uh, first one's right up the middle. The second one's off off right guard, and he gains seven yards on the first one, six on the second. That's we didn't see Ronald Jones gain seven or six yards in a game right. all last year. Uh, he barely gained that throughout the course of the season. So uh, 13 yards sets up the touchdown pass to, to Chris Godwin. Really nice there with the first team unit. Gets behind the second team line a little bit more of the same. So like you said, yeah, he needs some confidence. He needed some success. He got some success. And it was just proof, I think, that if this guy gets a bit of a hole, and, and look, that's football. You can't expect every runner to, to break through trash all the time and, and break tackles and get six, eight yards to carry. It's not going to happen. 
Um, you need some, some guys need a crease and the Buccaneers gave Ronald Jones a bit of a crease and he showed you what he can do with it. And he showed uh, other teams what he can do with it as well. So uh, good for him, had some success. Uh, you know, talking to him over the weekend, you could see he, uh, he he's feeling better about himself every single day. And, you know, obviously we talked to him uh, last week, but uh, he's feeling better every, every single day out there. You're never, you're never a buzzkill, my friend. You, you keep it real. But I think uh, that's something that a lot of fans don't really let sink in. That, on top of the fact that it's really a base defense a lot of the times in this preseason because they're trying to get guys like Devin Bush ready. I mean, don't you think that's the biggest misnomer in the preseason? You can fall in love with teams because of their success in the preseason, but you forget about the lack of schemes. that They're just trying to kind of evaluate players for the most part. Especially at this point, um, look, nobody's scheming for anybody. They're not, you know, it's a scripted bunch of plays. You've got a, an agenda. Uh, they wanted to obviously get a, some certain throws to Chris Godwin. I think the Bucks went out there saying, look, we want to, we don't need to target Mike Evans that much. We don't, we would need to target some of the new guys. How does Brashard Perryman look in a real game? How does, how, how does Chris Godwin look in the, in expanded role? How does Ronald Jones look, um, you know, after what went down last year? So, uh, they had an agenda, and I think you know, when you, you, you go through the offense, at least, you hit all the check marks. I think they checked all the boxes, man. Yeah, I, I think you have to be happy, tempered happiness, kind of moving forward with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I, I think another big thing you got to get excited about, and this is worth getting excited about, uh, your guy, Matt Gay, with the 55-yard field goal. I don't care if it's preseason. That's 55 yards. Yeah, it is, and I'll tell you – you again. You start to develop confidence in your kicker at this point. That if, if the offense breaks down, uh, short of short of the t- goal line, obviously, you need someone that you can count on, that you believe in, who's going to go out there and get you three points. It's not the seven you want, obviously, but you need to you need confidence. You need to be able to know that hey, if we make the, if we need this guy to kick a forty-eight yarder, a thirty-six yarder, a fifty-five yarder, he can do it. And this starts that because you know what? Look. He's gone, and I'm not about to beat him up. But there was a bit of a problem. You know, Dirk Cutter is gone in part because he had one of the most dynamic offenses in in Bucks history. Three of the four offenses that he orchestrated were in the top ten in the NFL in yards gained. But the best those teams ever finished in terms of points was twelfth. One of the reasons is this team could not find a kicker. They could not put points on the board when almost every other team in the league, when they sh- when, when they get shut down uh, shy at the goal line, they can kick a three at least a, a, th- a three-point field goal. This team couldn't do that. So this is a big thing. Um, it, it, it further justifies uh, the decision, as I said before, to, uh, to, to, to bring in Matt Gay with a fifth-round pick. Uh, I, I, right now I'm hearing a lot less talk about Matt Gay being a fifth-round pick. It, it's, it, 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 it makes sense at this point. Well, I think the difference between Matt Gay and Roberto Aguayo is Roberto Aguayo, as you've mentioned in this podcast, he wasn't good from the get-go. And for Matt Gay to come out there and not only look good in practice so far, because we've seen that, but look good in his first preseason game, we've kind of had a measuring stick on drafting kickers in the Jason Light era. And this is a much better start than Aguayo in so many ways. Yeah, it was. And and look, I've had a couple of people on Twitter, uh, you know, fire back at me after I've tweeted out that – you know, Matt Gay's success in training camp, where, again, yesterday uh, he finishes strong, kicks uh, 9 of 10, and uh, the last four are all from 50 yards or deeper, and one of them is a 61-yarder. So, you know, 
that matters. Uh, it's not the same as games, obviously, but uh, the thing about Roberto Aguayo, he missed his first kick and, and it never, he never got better. I mean, he never found a consistency. What we've seen with Matt Gay in camp drills is consistency. He kicks eight out of nine, nine out of 10, and he kicks, you know, the last three out of four, four out of five. Well, actually it's been, you know, straight four out of four almost every time from 50 yards and beyond. So um, we're seeing a consistency there. That's something you can count on and you tend to see it in games as well when you see him do it in the drills. All right, well, let's talk Peyton Barber before we get to the defensive side of the football. I had a chance to go one-on-one with him after a recent practice, so you can see the full interview in our video wrap we will release later this week here on PeterPirates.com, but I want to give you a few snippets in our podcast. The first one, I asked him about the, the Bucks' faith in this backfield as evidenced by the offseason. How much did it help this team didn't go out in free agency and get a big-time running back? What did that do for your confidence? Uh, you know, it's definitely a big confidence builder for me. Um, you know, I definitely feel like I am a, a big-time running back just waiting to pop. Um, you know, so it's really just staying humble and just waiting my turn and uh, waiting for God to bless me. So, A lot of great backfields in the NFL have that one-two punch. With Ronald Jones getting more confidence and him getting better, how will that make you better? Uh, no doubt. Uh, Having Rojo in the backfield is definitely a big plus for me. Um, he's going to definitely open open up a lot of eyes this year. Um, he's night and day from what he was last year. Uh, the talent was there last year. It just all had to click. Um, so he's that. you can tell that it's definitely clicking. I, I like his response to the first question. He's like, back off, uh, reporter boy. I am a big-time back. I love the confidence there. And I, and I like the answer and the support of Ronald Jones. I just like Peyton Barber. I, I root for a guy like that. You know, wasn't drafted. Uh, came out early to support his mom from Auburn. Could have stayed another year. Uh, you know, you really root for a guy like that. And I love what he said to me in those responses. And as I mentioned, you can see the whole interview upcoming on PeterPirates.com. Roy. You know, it was strongly advised to stay in college for another year, but he couldn't do it, had a family to take care of. And, uh, you know, unfortunately he, he, a lot of that fell on his shoulders. And so he, he, he bet on himself and he's winning the bet. Um, you know, so think of him, okay. In his third year going now, but you could also think of him as like a second year player. Um, but he's come up the right way and yes, he's pulling for Ronald Jones. And here's why if Ronald Jones breaks a long run, You know, let's say he breaks a 15-yard run or something longer, 28-yard run, uh, 35-yard run, something like that. He's coming out of the game on on that play, and and that defense is tired. And if the Bucs are smart, they're going to hurry up in the offense and hand it right off to Peyton Barber again, and he's going to be running against a tired defense. So this is how these things work. You know, one of the problems, you know, I think Peyton Barber is a very capable back, um, certainly capable of 1,000 yards or more. One of the reasons he didn't hit that mark last year, I believe, is because he didn't have a complimentary back that was good enough to, to wear down a defense or help him wear down a defense. He had to work a little bit harder, and that wore him down. And so late in games, first of all, late in games, they were never they were seldom if ever ahead, so he didn't get the ball very much late in games. But uh, he was you know, kind of tired from having been overworked in the first three quarters of games as the team's trying to trying to play catch up and run the ball with him alone. So uh, if, if you can switch it up a little bit, give teams a different look, that helps both backs because what you end up, what you want there is you want a situation where you get the wrong personnel on the field for the defense and they're just not ready for that, that, that bruiser back or in the case of Ronald Jones, that lightning type back, the guy who can hit a home run for you. So uh, you want both of these guys to work out 
And that's why Peyton Barber is pulling as much for Ronald Jones as he's pulling for himself. I know it's early, but that running game, boy, if they can turn things around and, and, and just continue to build off the momentum they had in that first preseason game, that is huge for this football team. You know, you're right, Mike. And, and, and I go back to, to what I said before. Look, the personnel is, is virtually the same uh, as it has been the last two, three years, right, uh, on offense. The personnel is virtually the same. And, again, Dirk Cutter, a damn good offensive coordinator, maybe not a very good head coach, but a damn good offensive coordinator. The proof is, is right there in those numbers. Can you imagine if if the Bucks can develop a running game? Look, as I said, three of the four offenses that Dirk Cutter orchestrated with the Buccaneers were finished in the top ten in the NFL in yards. One of them finished in the top, two of them finished in the top five. Can you imagine what they could do with a running game? That was without a running game. Can you imagine where they do with a running yeah. game? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really amazing what they did a year ago. And also, with all the unrest at the quarterback position, Deshaun Jackson just being a malcontent in the locker room, they still put up those numbers. I mean, if Jameis Winston can settle down, they get a running game, this offensive line steps up. And I, I think that the, the theme for the Bucks should be if. Just do big if. That should be the marketing campaign. Because yeah. there are ifs yeah. on both sides of the football, on both lines, the secondary. I mean, really at everywhere except for maybe O.G. Howard and Mike Evans. I mean, there. I would do if is the, is the, is really the buzzword for the Bucks moving forward. Another if is Vernon Hargraves. Let's jump to the defensive side of the ball, and you know had a, you know could have had a pick. Um, you know had some had some near splash plays in that game against Pittsburgh. What'd you see from Vernon Hargraves uh, uh, coming back uh, this preseason so far in the, the game up north? First of all, yeah. First of all, um, let me say this. Uh, I think Vernon Hargraves has been. I think I've said this before. If I haven't. You know, it doesn't matter. I think Vernon Hargraves has been the most consistent player in Buccaneers camp and consistent in a good way. He's making plays every single day. He's getting his hands on the ball. He's picking it off. He's knocking it down. He's uh, providing tremendous coverage for the defense. He's done an excellent job. He looks like the number one draft pick the Buccaneers wanted him to be uh, three years ago when they drafted him. He looks every bit the, the part of the player they expected him to be. And for the fans who think that he got beat on a play early in the game against the Steelers, sorry, folks, you're wrong. Vernon Hargraves did his job on that long pass reception for the Steelers. The safety didn't. He was supposed to get safety help, let that receiver go. Safety was out of position. Bruce Arians told us that yesterday after practice because uh, it was asked. And uh, he is he is as impressed with Vernon Hargraves as I am. Uh, he, he continues to look exceptional. Uh, if it weren't for a penalty, I think that whole game goes differently because Vernon Hargraves uh, put a put a knife in the heart of the Steelers at that point in that game. And again, scores don't matter. But uh, when it was still uh, you know the ones and twos out there, uh, Vernon Hargraves stepped up, made a big pick uh, on a play. And it got wiped out by a penalty, which is really unfortunate because uh, the way the def- the offense was was moving the ball, uh, I think the Bucks would have scored there and would have had a nice big lead that uh, their defense probably could have held on to. We'll get we have more likely in just a second, but uh, you know the news of Vita Vea, uh, the news of Jason Pierre-Paul. Um, I know we kind of differ on this opinion. I, you know, I think Jason Light brought Bruce Arians in, but I think Jason Light is very lucky to still be employed. But I will say this about Jason Light, man, the guy cannot get a break, Roy. He really can't. I mean, I thought it was a great signing of Jason Pierre-Paul. Vita Vea, if he can stay healthy, I don't, I don't, I'm not bothered with the draft pick. He got some draft picks for him. 
Um, Jason Light's maybe one of the most unlucky guys in the NFL in terms of uh, injuries and just uh, things not panning out. Yeah, you're right about that. Um, and I don't think it means bad picks. Look, when players don't make it in the NFL because they're hurt or they're, or they're injured, I don't I don't blame the general manager for that. I, I don't chalk that up as a, as a, a black mark uh, on the general manager's record. I don't. Uh, and, and the reason is players get hurt in this league. Uh, you have to expect that. You don't want it, but you have to expect it. It happens. Um, because here's the thing. Was it a player that, you know, every other team in the NFL or virtually every other team in the NFL or a dozen teams in the NFL would have picked somewhere in the same window, uh, meaning, you know, somewhere in the next five picks or the five picks prior to that or ten picks prior to that or ten picks after? More than likely. And that's the case with Vita Vea. Vita Vea was, a, you know, he would have been picked somewhere in that first round by some team. It was a surprise the Bucks picked him because of the style he plays. Um, but my concern about Vita Vea is this um, going forward. Two years in a row now, a lower extremity injury, a lower body injury, uh, to pull out a, an NHL phrase, uh, for a guy who's 300-plus pounds. I'm a little bit concerned, Mike, that – the body can't support or the legs can't support the body. It was a calf last year right away as, as camp started. This year it's a knee. Um, I'm starting to be a little bit concerned that his legs can't support everything that's above, above them uh, mm. on this body. I'm wondering mm. if this is going to be an issue going forward. Uh, you know, much like we wondered – if Gerald McCoy had the strength after after uh, tearing both of his uh, uh, biceps, uh, is he going to have uh, you know the strength to to play you know at a high level? McCoy had to do a lot of work off the field in order to to build that strength. I think Vita Vea has got to do the same thing to build up a little bit more lower body strength so that he can support that body and what he's asking it to do uh, in these situations. Here, it's a quick game. And right now, I just don't think his legs are up to the task. And, and that's got to change for this guy to be a, an impact player. Yeah, it doesn't help when Derwin James was right there and was a popular pick, and he's an all-pro in San Diego. But uh, I don't know. It just seems like the Bucks uh, are bad a lot of the time, and they can't get breaks, and that's just not a good combination. But uh, I'll tell you what is always good. Justin, you know what time it is. More likely, baby. You know, speaking of Vita Vea, Roy, uh, you may roll your eyes at this, but I'm one of the, you know, I actually defend Chris Berman. I, I like Chris Berman's nicknames and some of his stuff. I can just hear uh, Chris Berman doing highlights. Eleven La Vida Loca down in Tampa Bay. You know, the craziness with that guy. So, <laughs> I don't know. Just something off the top of my head there. I, I like I, it. I say that for more likely. All right. I like it. Three hypotheticals. We always end with something kind of fun. And uh, sometimes I come up with them because Roy waxes poetic. I have time to just kind of take in the analysis and uh, think about more likely. Uh, <laughs> and I feel, I, I, trust me, he is not a buzzkill. I was just saying that bringing the facts is kind of a, <laughs> bringing a reality check to the whole situation. So, all right. More likely, number one, Justin goes first because he cheats off Roy's paper sometimes. And, and by the way, by the way, let me just say. It's a reality check you're not going to get anywhere else. And I, I know this is a little bit of self-serving on our podcast here. Let's be self-serving. It, 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 but, but let's face it. We're not, we're not cheerleaders for the team. So, if, right. you know, you're not going to get that. But you're going to get a realistic look. 
somebody I've, I've been covering this team and, and Mike, you've been there too. I've, I've covered the NFL for 20 plus years here. I mean, I, I know what the coaches are saying. I go to the practices. I see what's going on. You're not going to get some of this analysis with some of the other podcasts that you may be listening to, you know, from fan podcasts and, and some of the other people that are basically just out there trying to, you know, do something in the media or whatever. No, this is, this is legit stuff guys. And, and that's why, you know, you get a dose of reality with this podcast. You don't get like, you know, rah, rah stuff, which I know a lot of fans want to hear, but we'll rah, rah the team when they, when they deserve it, just as we did in this podcast. But at the same time, going to tell you, Hey, don't get too excited about that first round, that first uh, drive, because again, it was against uh, eight guys that uh, aren't going to be in the lineup uh, on opening day. So just a little reality check. That's all. I love it. Preach, brother. You know, when you haven't won a playoff game in almost 20 years, is not the, the reality isn't good. It's hard to spin. I know some of these radio stations have rights to the Bucks, and some of these uh, uh, competitors that we have are, you know, a little different, and that's fine. And, I, you know, I try to respect them all. But I heard one local radio station say something about Jason Light. And, or didn't even mention Jason Light. Why would Bruce Arians come out of retirement, you know, what? because of Jason Light, because they can work together, because he trusts. That's so big if you're a head coach. Not a control thing, but knows that he can work with the GM. That wasn't even brought up. I mean, a lot of this obvious stuff, they kind of dance around it. So now you got me on a tangent. Let's go to more likely. <laughs> uh, number one, uh, the most improved Buccaneer this season will be Rojo or Vernon Hargraves, Justin Thomas. Um, I think I would go with Ronald Jones. Uh, I think a lot of people expected big things from him last year, obviously – he was a disappointment. Uh, I'm, I'm real excited to see what he can do specifically. I think Peyton Barber will also be good. Them two together will be good. But uh, I think Ronald Jones could be the big surprise this season. Yeah, obviously Vernon Hargraves has more of a body of work. But what you say, Roy Cummings, who's all lathered up, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with Vernon Hargraves, and I'm going to say that based on this. Vernon Hargraves is going to be out there. He's, he's going to play every uh, snap as long as he's healthy. He's going to play virtually every snap on defense. Um, so he's going to have a big opportunity to, to, to showcase his skills. I don't know that Ronald Jones is going to get as much of an opportunity. He's going to get a chance, but right now he's still number two on the depth chart. My guess is he probably doesn't surpass Peyton Barber because Peyton Barber just won't let him. Um, and I don't, you know, and again, he's kind of a change of pace back. So um, I think Ronald Jones got a little bit further to go still in order to find his uh, his footing in the league, whereas I think Vernon Hargraves has it, and he just needs to be able to stay healthy in order to prove it. This is probably a fair question after the preseason is over, but uh, more likely there are no rules. And uh, I'll tell you this about Vernon Hargraves, and we, we mentioned that we had, we had him one-on-one last week. I feel that you know, that guy has taken so much grief and he's deserved some of it. I mean, he was a first round pick. He should have more than one pick and he's been hurt and he hasn't lived up to the hype, but the guy hasn't backed off answering questions and facing the music. And I got a ton of respect for that. I'm going to say Vernon Hargraves. I need a little more Rojo than uh, a couple series against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who, as Roy Cummings mentioned, had a probably a, you know, a one, what, one fifth of their starting lineup in there or what? I'm not good at math. So something like that. So it was, it was one of the yeah. <laughs> or three elevenths. I was trying Sorry. to, I know, I wasn't good on the fly there. Whatever three elevenths turns yeah. out to be. Exactly. All right, more likely, <laughs> you're, I could, you're smarter than me. Just, you know, whatever. Uh, the more likely number two, 
Antonio Brown. You know what? I hate bringing this guy up, man. But uh, what bothers you mo- mo- more and more likely, the fact that the guy won't wear a helmet that's uh, sanctioned by the NFL now or the whole foot thing? Or you can go off the board, Justin Thomas. Well, the whole thing's bizarre. I'll say that. Um, I, I don't. I don't think everyone understands too much about the whole foot thing. Or at least I haven't heard much of an explanation outside of him doing the uh, what do you call it? The uh, super cold. Uh, the cryo. Uh, thank tank. you, cryo. Yeah. Thank tank. You. But uh, the helmet thing is bizarre. I understand that players like their helmets. I know Tom Brady was holding on to it as long as he could. But for as much money as that dude's getting paid, hell, I'd wear any helmet and make as much money as he would. It's just absurd that he's that connected to a helmet that he's threatening to not play and retire. That to me is bizarre. I agree, and I, I heard somebody say on local radio had a pretty good line. Maybe he's played without a helmet, and that's part of the problem too. But uh, you, you can, you know, whatever. We'll go to Roy Cummings. <laughs> you know, uh, there's there's a, there's a you hear sometimes when you you get around NFL circles and NFL types on a regular basis, you hear people talk about those guys who you know it's always something with that guy. Exactly. And you know what? That's kind of what Antonio Brown has become. It's always something with that guy. Yep. Either he's not smart enough to wear the proper footwear when he gets into the cryo tank and he screws up his feet. Now he doesn't want to play because of the helmet. You know what the guy's doing? You don't, you don't want to go to training camp. It's pretty simple. Right. He doesn't want to be in training camp. Right. But, you know, but t- that tells me that his heart's not in it. Think Deshaun Jackson. Yep. His heart wasn't in it. Yep. And what happened? He, he underachieved. And, and the team ended up getting rid of him. I don't think uh, I don't think Antonio Brown's heart is in it. I think this is all a you know kind of ploys to, to stay away from camp and avoid you know being there and having to go through the drudgery of uh, of training camp. I think that's what it is, and that tells me that his heart's not in it. And I don't think that ends well. Look, is he a guy who can turn it on when the when the games matter? Yeah, he's still arguably the best receiver in the NFL. But you know what? If I'm putting together a football team. I don't want the guy whose heart's not in it, even if he can turn it on like nobody else. I don't want the guy whose heart's not in it. I'm agreeing with Roy. You're right. It's always something. If it wasn't the helmet, if it wasn't the foot, it would be something. It'd be like, I don't like training camp in California. Yeah, you're right, Antonio. It's much better on the other coast. It's a lot warmer. <laughs> you know, I mean, it would be something. I think the guy just, you know, people in life, they got to complain about something. You know, they're on, you know, they're on the. And you know what's funny about, you mentioned camp in California. It, it's like 78 degrees and no humidity at that yep. camp, by the way. Yep. I remember Warren Sapp telling me after he got after he finished playing about what camp was like compared to Tam- Tampa Bay camp, all right, either whether it was at University of Tampa or at, uh, at Disney World, compared to what he dealt with when he went to the Raiders. He said, this ain't training camp. Are you kidding me? People are out there. I mean, it, it, it's, the weather's so comfortable. He said, we're not going to know what it's like to play in a – you know, in, in, in cruddy hot weather until we go on the road somewhere three weeks into the season. You so know, he hated it because it didn't get you in terms of getting your body acclimated to, to the to the weather that you have to deal with for the most part, uh, unless you're at home in, in Oakland uh, for the first month and a half of the season. He didn't like it at all. And uh, so if, if you're right, if he's complaining about if the next one is a complaint about training camp in, in California, forget it. You ain't going to get anybody to 
to buy into that one for you. You know the real problem, Antonio Brown, when we're talking about Warren Sapp's character and it's killing yours, that really <laughs> makes you look bad, Antonio Brown. Just that yeah. And you know, I'll say this about Warren Sapp. The guy, he when he when he was on the practice field and when he played, it was it was no Antonio Brown. It was just away from all that where you didn't want to be around him. All right, our last more likely. Uh, first day of school for many in the Tampa area. I think Pinellas County is a little later, but uh, my girls are, are in high school together. One's a senior, one's a freshman. More likely, Justin Thomas, what excited you the most of the, about the first day of school back in the day? Uh, I'd have to go with the fact that I was going to see my friends. You yeah. know, I mean, most most of my good friends I would see over the summer. Yeah. But after a while, I you know, reflecting back, I hated school. But now that I think about it, <laughs> during the summer, I really would start to get bored. And I would start to get excited about going back, not so much to do the work, but just to be in a social environment and, you know, do be in an environment that you weren't in the summer was great. So that's probably what I looked forward to most. Justin Thomas, Roy, you know, um, we've been throwing him curveballs here for over a year now. He took that curveball and he, he friggin' lined it over the left field wall. Uh, I like the, you didn't know that was coming for sure, I know. But Roy Cummings, back in the day, my friend, first day of school, what did you like the most? You know, I think I liked, uh, it's going to sound kind of wacky, I guess, but I kind of liked the whole idea of, you know, it's a new class and I'm going to learn something different. You know, if it was, and I was never any good at math, but. You know, I remember, you know, going from what algebra to geometry one year. I was like, man, this is kind of cool. I like this geometry or going from, you know, world history to European history or something like that. And, you know, what was the next English, you know, level in the English class? I kind of like the fact that I knew I was going to learn something new. Um, not, you know, not that I was a diehard love school kind of guy. I mean, I would have much rather, you know, the, the summer gone on for another three months. But, uh, uh, you know. You, you had to go. So, uh, you know, so I, I was, I was, uh, I liked the fact that there was the opportunity to uh, just, um, just, uh, you know, learn something new. Is that your geometry teacher? <laughs> <laughs> well, I liked a lot of things about the first day of school. I like the fact you never get homework really on the first day of school. That's kind of cool. And that's true. I also like, um, I just like to see who's in my class, especially when you go to high school and you tend to move around a little bit more. And Jennifer Parker, if you're listening, her name's Jennifer Lowe now. She was the prettiest, I didn't know Jennifer Lowe. Or she's Jennifer Parker back then. Uh, she was the prettiest girl in our class. And the first period I saw her, I'm like, man, she's kind of cute. And she was in every one of my classes. Like every one. Like every, there were seven periods. Jennifer was in science period one, PE, all the way to French last semester. We had our 30th reunion and we laughed about that. She's still a friend of mine to this day. So I just liked, especially if it was a pretty girl up there in your class or if it's a good buddy, you know, you know that it's going to be a good year because you're going to kind of enjoy the camaraderie. Maybe if you have a, a science class where you're dissecting a frog, you know, it's going to be fun because a buddy's in the class. So I don't know. I thought Justin Thomas was going to throw out, you know, he couldn't wait to debut his uh, lunchbox that he picked out, you know, the, the Oh man, I remember when I was a kid, lunchboxes were all the rage. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, now they're. I got to go to like Vera Bradley to get my girls. It's like these designer lunchboxes. I'm like, you know, back in the day, I'd get the uh, Planet of the Apes lunchbox or something. I don't know. <laughs> all right. Well, um, before we move on um, and uh, kind of uh, let you know where, how you can reach us, uh, preseason game number two coming up Friday. And Roy and I will be there. We're going to recap it. 
Uh, but but what do you want to see in that game, Roy? You know, again, more of the same because I, I think, as I said, um, you know, what you want to do in training camp, what coaches are looking for is they're looking for players to take it from the classroom onto the field during camp workouts. And then they're asking them to take it from the field onto the game day field uh, when the preseason games begin. And we've seen the Bucks do that in, in virtually every facet. So I want to see more of the same. I want to see that offense uh, hum again, maybe against a little bit uh, stiffer defensive uh, uh, group. I'd like to see that. I want to see Matt Gay continue to do what he's doing. I want to continue to see the defense uh, get out. You know, we didn't even talk about Noah Spence, who I thought played very well. I want to see some of these young guys who uh, who struggled a little bit the last couple of years to, to kind of play at the level they were expected to play at, continue to play at a high level. Guys like Vernon Hargraves, Noah Spence. Um, you know, I, I want to see that kind of stuff. I think if we continue to see that, um, you're going to have a reason to believe that this team could be a little bit better than uh, some of the crit- critics or some of the – Pundits believe they will be. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Ifs, 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 both sides of the football, almost every segment of this football team, lots of ifs, and we'll see if some of those ifs become, you know, more more certainties moving forward here in the uh, Buccaneer preseason. Well, you can catch us on all the platforms, iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, and please subscribe to PeterPirates.com. We really, as Roy mentioned, uh, we're really candid in our takes, and we give you access. Uh, no, no other site's going to give you in terms of one-on-ones with the players everybody's talking about. Subscribe to PeterPirates.com. It's absolutely free. You'll get our video wraps. You'll get our links to the podcast as well. So we really appreciate a growing audience, and uh, I appreciate Roy Cummings, and I appreciate Justin Thomas. Uh, I'm merely Mike Neighbors, and until next week, we appreciate you logging on, and we'll talk to you soon.